Welcome to Stiefel's Investment Strategy Brief, a monthly recap of the macroeconomic and market environment. Well, greetings and welcome to the Investment Strategy Brief podcast. This is Michael O'Keefe, Stiefel's Chief Investment Officer. Hey, I want to get into a concept in this episode about what we're calling glimpses of fading optimism or, or optimism that's fading. So we've had glimpses of optimism that are fading, and we want to get into what, what we mean by that. Um, you know, this really sort of is anchored in our outlook for the year. Recall that we expected and do expect there to be sort of a swinging of sentiment, uh, maybe uncertainty and volatility in the first half of the year as we develop a better understanding of where inflation is headed and then ultimately what the Fed's going to do, where they're going to pause, and that when we do get that greater sense of certainty, will investors will uh, develop a sense of finding balance, and that will be positive for the environment. Uh, but we've already in the first, you know, call it six or so, seven weeks of the year, we've seen some swings from positive to negative, and we want to get into that. So, so really, just to kind of r- remind ourselves what's in focus, we're obviously watching paths of inflation. What are the patterns that we're watching, and and what are we seeing in terms of that data? The Fed is doing the same thing. So they've been hawkish. They keep talking about continuing to be hawkish. But with that, the consumer remains pretty engaged. So we'll get into that data a little bit. And then we're assessing the risk of recession, the risk of earnings slowdown, and, and uh, we're trying to understand sort of direction and volatility of markets. That's obviously all complemented and, and influenced by geopolitical tensions around the world, you know, whether it's reopenings in China, things that are going on there, maybe the, uh, the tensions as it relates to spy balloons, things like that, or what's going on in Ukraine and U- Europe more broadly. So a lot, lot going on. Now, as I mentioned, uh, the, you know, we're focused on the Fed, and the Fed had its first uh, meeting of 2023 at the end of January, you know, concluding and issuing their new statement on the 1st of February. They hiked rates a quarter of a point, as was expected, um, and uh, and as usual, there were uh, s- sort of statements, uh, comments in the statement, as well as statements from uh, Chair Jerome Powell at his press conference that really kind of just keep that drumbeat. Hey, we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop. So things like, hey, it's premature to declare victory, or we uh, we don't see uh, cutting rates this year, um, and uh, and the job's not fully done. Things like that. But we also saw a few things that were kind of positive. One would be in the statement and acknowledgement that inflationary pressures are easing um, and also that the disinflationary process is happening. So again, uh, mixed um, messaging from the Fed, but I would say the market responded pretty positively. We'll get into a broader market response in a minute. As it relates to inflation, we had uh, sort of two things happen here in February. One was the uh, release of uh, January inflation, CPI and PPI, they were firmer than they've been recently. And in fact, PPI came out a little bit higher than even the consensus expectation. So um, the uh, CPI was out at 0.5 and PPI was out at 0.7 for the month of January. And then we also saw some adjustments through the year of 2022 to the seasonal data, basically bringing fourth quarter up a little bit for both CPI and PPI. So the cooling that we saw towards the end of the year last year wasn't quite as cool as we first thought. So those are uh, sort of data points that have influenced things. 
despite that, I would say inflation is still rolling over. We saw uh, numbers come in in the in the year over year numbers fall down just a little bit, which is good. And I'd say when we look at the trends, right, three-month rolling averages, the trends we talked about in our last episode where we're seeing goods and services and energy and food kind of uh, head lower, all of that uh, remains in place, albeit that with that January firm number, not quite as dramatically. Um, also, when we look at the overall three-month rolling average for CPI, it's hovering just a little bit above the Fed's 2% target, um, sort of translated to monthly numbers. Uh, so that 2% translates to 0.17. The numbers were just slightly above that. Uh, and in, in the case of CPI, uh, same kind of thing. We're hovering right around maybe just above that that 2% uh, equivalent level. And again, that's all really good, right? We're watching for better inflation, but the specific prints in January were a little firmer than they've been recently. Um, now, another thing that happened is we had uh, the first estimate of the fourth quarter GDP come out. The data, uh, including the full year of 2022 GDP estimate of 2.1%, a little bit better than was expected. And the fourth quarter uh, annualized seasonally adjusted rate was 29 Again, uh, a little better than expected. And so that that's all a positive and it certainly uh, gives you a sense that a soft landing is still possible, but also the Fed probably feels uh, some uh, room to uh, essentially uh, continue their rate hikes. Uh, we did talk um, through January and into February, we've been talking a lot about employment, and uh, the January uh, employment report was really good, meaning uh, strong. So the unemployment rate, in fact, fell to 3.4%, the lowest level since 1969. The non-farm payroll number, 517,000 jobs. That that was against a level of, uh, that was expected of 188,000. So really, really strong employment numbers, which again gives the Fed sort of room to keep going on, on Fed hikes. Um, another important ratio is the number of unemployed persons to the number of job openings. That ticked up to 1.9. So think of it as almost two jobs for every person looking for a job out there in the employment environment. So um, that that's all you know pretty important. The Fed's watching it closely as it relates to the idea of a soft landing, i.e. Not, not having a severe recession. The consumer does remain pretty engaged. So fourth quarter GDP, for example, a consumer contributed at a rate of 1.4%. Uh, we've seen retail sales of 6.4%. I mentioned the unemployment rate at 3.4 and excess savings still of $1.1 trillion. So the the consumer has money sort of in their pocket ready to spend and to stay engaged. And I mentioned that you know, some of this data is moving expectations around a little bit. I wanted to talk specifically about one way to see optimism fading, and that relates to the Fed funds rate. So um, I want to kind of go back in time to the December time period when we uh, got the summary of economic projections from the Fed. <clears throat> and there the Fed basically said, look, our terminal rate at the end of 2023 is going to be three quarters of a point higher than where we are today. So think three quarter point hikes. Now we had one in January. So that means the SEP is reflecting that, that the Fed back then at least was expecting two more hikes uh, through the balance of the year. When we look back to the beginning of the year, our forecast and also the, that implied by the Fed Fund's futures then uh, reflected uh, a view of two hikes for the full year. We've done one so far, so we have one left by that measure. 
Then just after the Fed meeting, I think both the messaging in that Fed meeting as well as some strong employment data that we've discussed uh, basically caused first the, the Fed the view on Fed funds futures uh, to be re- uh, reflected as another quarter point. So think of it as instead of a couple quarter point hikes for the full year, it would be three. And so we've had one done, so two left from here. But then after that firm January inflation report, basically Fed funds futures moved even further, now implying uh, a total of four quarter point hikes with one already done, that means three to go. So there's been this sort of building expectation from the uh, sort of broad consensus and in, in investment community that the Fed's going to hike more than was originally thought at the beginning of the year. And with that, then, we've seen sort of a, um, a rollover in optimism. So we, we had optimism in the, the first, first month in, in January, but that's rolled over a little bit. Now, as it relates to data on the economy, you know, we continue to track things like purchasing managers' indices uh, and and the GDP prints that I mentioned. And, you know, I would say, generally speaking, things are hovering relatively near the level of 50, which is neutral. Um, but, uh, you know, the data is uh, moving around a little bit. And, um, and we did see an, an improvement, for example, recently in PMI. In any event, uh, our recession dashboard uh, remains kind of mixed of both inflation and financial conditions-related measures are signaling recession. But uh, business activity to a decent degree and consumer, for sure, is sort of neutral to positive and expansionary. So, again, when it comes down to it, we don't think we're going to see a recession at least till the second half of the year. And if we do have one, it will be muted in our view. Now, all this is important in the sense that when we do, um, you know, talk about markets, and the idea that we're uh, making our way through the economic cycle, we have done a lot of data analysis to remind ourselves that the market on average is anticipating that. So the market peaks before the economy peaks, it troughs before the economy troughs, and we're kind of moving towards a a trough-type pattern in the current environment. Uh, Another thing to to note is that when it comes to the technical definition of volatility, uh, where we look at, for example, the VIX index and the daily average each month, Um, essentially through 2022, we have volatility well a bit above longer-term averages. But here in 2023, things have come back down towards the long-term averages. So so the day-to-day kind of moment-to-moment volatility is a little bit less, but we have had this sense of a swing from positive to negative. When it comes to earnings, um, we're well along through the fourth quarter earnings season. And when we roll up all the data and the forecast from that, um, essentially what we see though, therefore is a, uh, a, a bottom up consensus forecast for the S P earnings growth is still 2.4%. Recall our outlook would call from something between zero and five for the full year. So still positive. Um, but it has declined a little bit on the fixed income side, as we've talked about before, we're seeing uh, yields up, um, and with that, uh, bonds becoming more more attractive investments, probably the most attractive they've been in the last 15 years. So we're seeing yields above 5% in certain categories, which again is, a, is an attractive yield, and we've seen a lot of clients investing more in fixed income as a result. Now, on the equity side, as I mentioned, we had a strong January. So for example, the S&P 500 is up 6.3%, um, and uh 
and you know so that's a, a nice sort of recovery uh, in the first month of this year but um, in, in February really related to this shift in, in sentiment we've seen that roll over in February month to date the S&P 500 for example is down down 1.8 percent so just a little bit of softening in the equity market now, um, as we look forward, I'll just mention that, as I did in the last episode, we do have a bunch of signposts that we're watching for. China's reopening, um, more to see on the alignment of market and Fed forecast expectations, maybe a drop in consumer confidence, uh, maybe in the inflation indices, a stabilization of shelter costs, a slowing of wage growth, a, a, more, uh, a labor market closer, moving closer to equilibrium, and then ultimately company earnings holding up. So it's still a little bit early in the year, but we'll be watching all that and some other things just really to understand and develop a sense for when we're finding balance. Now we're going to have different dates through the um, next few months um, that you know will drive market volatility. So we, um, we'll see fourth quarter GDP, a, revi- a revision to that estimate, We'll see data on employment. We'll see data on additional data on inflation, retail sales, housing, consumer sentiment, as I mentioned, and uh, even um, you know another Fed meeting. And with that, uh, you know, just understand that we will um, experience, in our view, sort of a sensitivity. There will be some of these prints that will be viewed very positively, others that will be viewed very negatively. And uh, we just have to sort of weather our, our way through that volatility, knowing that the um, uh, that the uh, our view is that we're going to develop a, a sense of finding balance later in the year. And I want to uh, just briefly mention one thing. I always like to do at the end here is uh, encouraging you to take a look at stiefelinsights.com, basically a website that contains a, a link to this podcast series, but really a bunch of things. Uh, that are, are available to our clients in terms of our guidance. So I would invite you to check that out. Uh, I guess to wrap, you know, just to reiterate uh, kind of the, the idea with this episode um, that we've sort of had this swing from a positive view of what was going on with really cooler inflation in fourth quarter to a, a firmer print in January, a slight revision of fourth quarter da- data up, and all of that leading to... Um, a little bit of a swing in sentiment from what was leaning uh, bull case, uh, sort of positive, to one that has turned a little bit negative is leaning towards our bear case scenario. So anyway, obviously we all have lots and lots to talk about in the next episode. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Stifo's Investment Strategy Brief. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to automatically receive each month's podcast in your feed.